This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. Madam Web is the latest Spider-Man adjacent film that stakes out its own corner of the multiverse. It has gotten pilloried by critics and has been ruthlessly mocked by a series of memes. But is it as bad as all that? I'm Glenn Weldon, and today we're talking about Madam Web on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu with Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk Concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with their original podcast, Choiceology. Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind people's decisions. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. Joining me today is Jordan Cruciola. She is a writer and producer and the host of the podcast Feeling Seen on Maximum Fun. Hey, Jordan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. Welcome. Also with us is Jordan Morris. He's a podcaster and his upcoming graphic novel Youth Group is available for pre-order now. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Glenn. It's great to talk to you. You know, the last time I saw you, you were in the Amazon with my mom researching spiders right before she died. Uh-huh. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> it has already begun. This is It's great to have you both. This is Attack of the Max Fun Jordans and I'm here for it. Okay. Madam Webb stars Dakota Johnson as Cassie, a cool, tough New York City paramedic who develops the ability to glimpse flashes of the future after a near-death experience. In those flashes, she sees three young women in danger, nerdy Julia, played by Sydney Sweeney, smart Anya, played by Isabella Merced, and Maddie, played by Celeste O'Connor, whose personality is skateboard. She <laughs> has a skateboard. They are being hunted down by Ezekiel Sims, played by Tahar Rahim, Who is Ezekiel Seams, you may ask? Well, let's have Cassie explain it. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. We're giving that line to you here because you're not going to get it in the movie. 
So in the trailer, they took it out of the movie because they are cowards. Also, Ezekiel Sims, we should note, has spider powers. Madam Web is in theaters now. It's gotten a critical drubbing. Jordan C., let me start with you. The body's on the table. <laughs> this corpse is on the table. <laughs> I'll let you do the Y incision. Get to get us started here. I mean, I think as is per custom in my appearances on NPR, if I am first to talk about a bad movie, it means it's because I liked that bad movie. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Hot take, hot take, hot take. This might be the worst thing to say. This was, watching this was like, this is what I want superhero movies to be now. Wow. <laughs> you know, okay. we've done the whole Infinity Saga, uh-huh. and now it's like we've hit peak superhero, and people are like, I'm a little bored, I'm a little over it, the movies don't quite perform financially like they used to, even when they are, like, unqualified, like, successes to delay people out there. Mm-hmm. I watched this, and I was like, this feels like a superhero movie in 1998. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. Big Blade energy coming off this yep. movie. Electra, Ghost this, Rider. No way, man. This is the shadow. Yep. This is the yep. phantom. Yep. This is Billy Zane superhero material. <laughs> that is where I'm like, give these movies, let's pare them down to mid-budget status. Sure. And let's just make them local, see where it goes. Hey, guys, fun thing for you. It's a period piece. It's set in 2003, which means they're not going to be talking about all the other superheroes you're supposed to know and have met over the past two decades. Mm-hmm. It's just this contained thing with discount Spider-Man, who's in a suit you recognize with like a fraction of the powers. And yep. Dakota Johnson, to me, it rises and falls on her aloof, detached shoulders. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think she is an actual perfect insert into the origin story, like miraculous circumstances befall common person kind of trope. Say it's three and a half star, three star movie for me. She's given a four and a half star performance. (laughs) Okay. Jordan, that take is uh, the molten core of the earth. Uh, How about you? Where do you come in? (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll go a step down. I think there's a lot of places on the internet to hear what is wrong with Madam Web. That's an easy list of things to find. Uh I think there's a lot of cool things about this movie that maybe people aren't saying because they're dogpiling on it. Uh I think some of the action and suspense is really well done. It's cool to have a superhero movie that's a little more like suspense-based and a little more of a thriller. The killer, as we mentioned, is kind of an evil Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. That's a cool flavor. Within this movie, there are two great premises for network TV shows. (laughs) Psychic Ambulance Driver. That is a show your mom watches on CBS. Uh, It's part of the Chicago orbit. Yeah, exactly. Tuesday nights at nine. Don't tempt me with happiness. And (laughs) teens who are going to get superpowers but don't have them yet, that runs for seven seasons on the CW. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. They love superhero before the superhero, like Batman, but it's not Batman. They love that stuff. (laughs) That's TV right there. So, yeah. And and I think Dakota Johnson, as we mentioned, is kind of ambienting her way through this. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I do think there are some some intentional comic moments in this that work pretty well. Yes. She's got the rom-com chops, and you can tell. There's a scene where her psychic abilities are kicking in during a baby shower. The baby oh. maybe <laughs> being a famous superhero that we'll all grow to love. Uh-huh. and. And so her psychic powers are kicking in and kind of ruining this baby shower. And, it, and it's pretty good. It's legitimately funny. And the kind of Dakota Johnson charm uh, shines through. So this ain't a great movie. It doesn't work super well. But there are some moments of greatness uh, within its tangled web. Okay. <laughs> Not Molten Core of the Earth, Jordan, but uh, Death Valley in, in August, I think, is what you're, where you come down. I, I'm going to be a little bit cooler. That's fair. Let's Let's agree. Two things can be true. This can be... 
not a good movie, not remotely mm-hmm. a good movie, a mess, C minus effort at best with a bad script. And I would say, I would, uh, <laughs> I would push back on you, Jordan C, woefully miscast actors, <laughs> but it can also be true that the critical grilling this film is coming in for like, may be fueled by a snooty film critic community, to which I belong, that desperately wants the era of superhero cinema to be over, and they are seizing on yeah. this trifle, this misbegotten little film, as some kind of validation. Other movies get bad reviews. This movie gets gloated over in a way that's kind of ugly. Yeah. Also in the mix, by the way, um, good old-fashioned basic garden variety knee-jerk misogyny. It's always there. It's uh, universal background radiation. It's like herpes. It always comes back. <laughs> there are fans who are going to hate any superhero film that's led by a woman. Mm-hmm. Does any of that make this a better movie? No, no. <laughs> this is not a good movie. But what I notice about this, the thing that stands out for me is the script. Every time there would be a cool moment, like the ones you both mentioned, the mm-hmm. dialogue would botch it. There is a scene where she discovers how her powers work that involves a pigeon and a window. <laughs> it does not need a button, but it gets one anyway. She says, well, I guess he's not dead, out loud to no one why. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, that, that's not going to make any sense to you. I guarantee you, if you've seen the movie, it does not make any sense to you. <laughs> this script was written by Matt Sazama, Burke Sharpless, Claire Parker, and the director, S.J. Clarkson. Sazama and Sharpless wrote Morbius. Suddenly everything makes sense. They have quite the filmography behind them, that duo. Yeah, Glenn, I'm, I'm realizing as you were describing kind of everything this movie has piled on it, this movie has uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas tree energy. Okay. <laughs> you you kind of want to fluff it up oh. and make people realize maybe it's not as bad as it as it seems. And I think it's pretty obvious that this movie was cut up and reshot oh, and had mm-hmm. ADR added to it and all those kind of things a troubled movie has. Guys, the amount of ADR yeah. in this movie is abs- – I was like, is this – did they accidentally merge two audios that they were sh- cutting from different <laughs> – movies into that there's so much of it it is it's like we watched madam web the remix (laughs) there's just air horn sound effects that happen (laughs) right they had to surgically remove the line about researching spider in the amazon so yes so that was kind of covered by adr but anyway go ahead jordan yeah so dakota johnson's character madam web she's grumpy she doesn't like family she doesn't (laughs) like connection she doesn't like kids and then that's kind of how we're introduced to her And there's this little moment kind of in the first act where a cat comes through her apartment and she feeds it. There's the old screenwriting trick, save the cat. Save the cat, yeah. It's a book they give you in film school. and, And the idea is that like if you show a character being nice to a cat, people will like that character no matter how crummy they act. And it's just like they did the laziest possible version of we need to make this unlikable character a little bit more likable. The fact that the cat never comes back, I think, is such a Oh, he does because she has a full conversation with him when she's reading her mom's journal and trying to figure out if she can climb up walls. Yep. I missed that. I missed it. (laughs) I remember that because that scene to me justifies the Dakota Johnson of it all. Her dryly talking to a cat in a room as an excuse for, like Glenn said before, like, he's not dead. Like, talking to only herself. <laughs> this time, we give a cat in a room. And kind of like 
the ambienting her way through it is kind of like that's not even a knock on Dakota Johnson. That's like her vibe. That's, that's like true. that's her sure. deal. Yep. Like that's that's what she brings to the table. And there's an odd amount of something compelling. And you know what? People being so mad about this movie actually makes me even more happy about the Dakota Johnson of it because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit really. I'm glad that she's somebody in how she's presenting herself in this movie that I would imagine can make them the biggest mad of all. Okay. I have to push back, Jordan, because, I mean, you're right, it doesn't fit. It's not that she's bad. It's just that she doesn't no. fit this particular assignment. I mean, I like her work. She's doing exactly what you hire Dakota to do. Well, see, but she's doing it throughout, even in scenes when she when more is required. So I like her work. I like her celebrity maybe a bit more. Um, mm. I, I think she's a terrific celebrity interview because her factory settings, as we've all talked about, are set at checked out. And <laughs> yeah. let's not forget, she gifted the world with actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. No. That's not so the truth. She ended Ellen's daytime She run. was warning right. us all and we didn't pay attention. She has that, I'm from a famous family, like, I can never fail. Yeah. Nothing. I, I will, I'll always be fine. I will always be fine. Sure. Okay. So all the scenes where she just has to be present in a human sense, the stuff that not a lot of superhero films bother with because you get when they don't have superpowers, it's the setup, right? You just It just feels yeah. like the movie's trying to get past all that stuff. She, any scene where she's mm-hmm. just, you know, sh- shooting the poop with her paramedic partner played by Adam Scott, those Completely. seem real. She's listening. It's when the movie tries to introduce stakes, urgency, danger, that her affect doesn't mm-hmm. match the yeah. challenge. Lines that require yeah. someone to get their whole foot in it, right? Like, look out, run. I won't let him hurt you, I promise. The superhero stuff. <laughs> she delivers, look out, run. I won't let him hurt you, I promise. She delivers it <laughs> as if she is informing you that you've got something on your face. <laughs> when a 10 is required, she gives a 2. And that could be the director, right? I mean, like, in the editing bay, either in the moment or in the editing bay, choosing a take where she sounds disaffected. And plenty of, of scenes in this film happen because the girls are asking her what's going on and she says, I don't know. Now, why are all those scenes in there if not to give her something to reveal about Cassie? Oh, she's frustrated. Sure. She's she's curious. She's angry. They could also, there's so many of them that could be played for humor. Like she could escalate. <laughs> I don't know. She just plays them straight. I think, too, there's there's playing it straight, and then if you speak to Coda Johnson, like the fans do, we see those modulations, and we understand that she's true. But, like, I'm not saying that breaks through to a wider level. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, when somebody, you're, you're hopelessly in the bag for her like me, which is a small percentage of us, there are dozens of us, mm-hmm. dozens of us, <laughs> that works. It heightens the absurdity of something that is, in often points, so bland, yeah. that, like, the cacophony of putting her and, like, the trio of young actors and what they're serving in these roles Mm -hmm. I just to me at a certain point I was riding on the ridiculousness of what was clashing on screen right okay Uh, speaking of clashing on screen I want to get to the villain here the superhero films are only as good as their villains motivations you kind of have to see where they're coming from right Mm -hmm. they they can be evil murderers but it helps if you can say well they're not wrong right Ocean Master was right Killmonger was right exactly this is a really boring motivation this guy has, saving himself. And Oof, Tahar yeah. Rahim is a terrific actor. If you've never checked mm-hmm. out the French gangster film, A Prophet from, like, I think, back in the day, like 2009, he is so terrific in that. And every time he showed up on the screen here, I got a stomach ache. I was making that kind of sound like, oh, oh what are you doing? <laughs> this villain keeps saying to everyone why he's doing what he's doing, which oh, man. is a fault of the script. He keeps saying the same thing over and over again. But again, if it's in the script and it keeps coming back, you could find a reason for that, right? Like if this guy felt guilty and had to rationalize his actions to himself, had to keep telling himself and literally everyone else in the movie why he's doing yeah. what he's doing. But he's he's just playing this kind of boring 
implacable, unlayered evil. Mm-hmm. And I, I, just, I thought it just just laid there. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I know that this fella, uh, people love him. He's been good in other things. He's not great here. There's a lot of ADR. There's a lot of like him speaking without you seeing his mouth moving. Yep. So it seems like his performance was really cut up. He has this, I'm trying to prevent my own death motivation, but you don't really know anything else about the character. No. Mm-hmm. They don't really show why he killed Dakota Johnson's mom. And I don't think it's a less is more the strangers kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? Um, right? I think some villains are scarier when they don't have a ton of motivation. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? They're just kind of chaos. This really smacks of they cut it out. Like yeah. there was some sort of backstory here and it got cut out because this movie is just a Frankenstein of scenes. Why is he barefoot? Do we know that? What's he that walks around about? and looks great in a suit, by the way. He's lo- walking around in some very nice suits, but barefoot? It, shocking. <laughs> what? What is he has that? to climb walls, right? Yeah. And you can't do that through sneakers. You need, <laughs> you need to oh, get in touch with the you're right. My favorite part about the villain situation in this movie is Zosha Mamet as a extraordinary (laughs) hacker who doesn't seem to know at all what she's working for and doesn't seem to be a big enough jerk to just be doing it for the money. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, casting? And then I was like, why wouldn't Shosh? be a hacker supreme in this movie. Yeah. I mean, seeing Zosha Mamet just told me one thing. Oh, they filmed some of this in New York yeah. City. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's why. So she just had to get in a cab. I have to, I have to say one, like the one sincerely nice, like sincerely nice thing I have to say about this movie. I've been sincere the whole time, but like the part sure. that I did actually find really moving our heroes find each other. They realize they're all connected in some way. The Taylor, the trailer teases that. And like, by the time they become coalesced into a group, like Cassie is the adult in the room. And what we've learned about these girls is they all really don't have homes to go to. And there's a scene where she gets asked like how these girls all connect to her. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, are they like, are, is this your family? And she says, yeah, they're all mine. That worked for me. One thousand percent. And I think worth saying that I think this movie might teach a lot of teens CPR. There's a long (laughs) CPR scene where Dakota Johnson teaches all the spider teens CPR, and this might save some lives. It's a very special episode at a certain point. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. uh, I've drank five cases of Pepsi since I watched this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I have listened to Toxic 87,000 yeah, times. Yeah. There, yeah. there are a lot of labels out Pepsis in this movie. <laughs> a Pepsi sign is instrumental in the villain's death. Yep. A lot yep. of Pepsi. Pepsi saves the well, day. Pepsi saves the day. A cool, refreshing <laughs> beverage. <laughs> okay. Well, we want to know what you think about Madam Web. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Jordan Cruciola, Jordan Morris, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for having me. This episode was produced by Liz Metzger and Hafsa Fatham and edited by Jessica Reedy and Mike Katzev and Alokamin provides our theme music. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Glenn Weldon and we'll see you all later this week. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. 
It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.